In this episode of the Live Your Purpose as a Christian Entrepreneur Bible Study, we are diving into Deuteronomy chapters 1 and 2. I'm Stephanie Rodnes, and welcome to the Live Your Purpose as a Christian Entrepreneur Bible Study. My goal is to encourage the discouraged with scripture, inspiration, and resources to help you do exactly what God purposed you to do on this earth, become a Christian entrepreneur. The definition of a Godwood girl is a woman of Christ who says yes to her God-given purpose, no matter what everyone else tries to say or do. So if you are stepping into your purpose as a Christian entrepreneur, welcome to the Godwood Girl Sisterhood. You are my people, and I can't wait to meet you. Now let's dive into today's episode. And remember, if you want to join me for these live recordings on Godwood Girl's Instagram feed, join me at Godwood Girl on Instagram now. Let's dive right in. Let's go ahead and get started with a word of prayer. Father God in heaven, thank you so much, Lord, for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your beauty. Thank you for your mercy. Lord Jesus, I pray your blessing over the reading of your word. Help us be able to see what you want us to see and hear what you want us to hear. I love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, my sisters, welcome to our Godwood Girl Read the Bible live stream. We are diving into the book of Deuteronomy today. This is our first day reading this book. I am so excited. We just finished a study on the book of Romans and the book of Romans was absolutely amazing. And Paul taught, the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans talked a lot about the law of the Israelites and the promises of God. So I wanted to follow up the study on the book of Romans with the study on the book of Deuteronomy, which is an incredible place (laughs) where God just gives us all his promises and his blessings for us when we follow him. So I want us to read the book of Deuteronomy from the lens of what we learned in the book of Romans. Remember, in the past, it was your heritage. It was your bloodline that made you part of God's children, his chosen royal priesthood. But in in the book of Romans, Paul explains that it is now through salvation in Christ, believing in Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. That is now what makes you a child of God. That is now what makes you his royal possession, his priesthood. So when we read the book of Deuteronomy through that lens, we can learn that we are now, every single promise that God gives to the people of Israel in Deuteronomy, we are now the ones who are receiving that promise in the name of Jesus. And it's so exciting. So as you're reading the book of Deuteronomy with me, remember, These are your promises. This is what God says to you. This is the victory he has in store for you. Um, And just a little bit of background on the book of Deuteronomy. It contains 30 chapters consisting of short speeches and sermons from Moses. And then the last four chapters are songs of Moses. So since there are 34 chapters in the book of Deuteronomy, we are going to be reading two chapters for each podcast episode. And the book of Deuteronomy, are these are happening, these are being said right before the Israelites enter into the promised land. So remember in the book of Exodus, they were in Egypt as slaves. They left Egypt and then they spent about a long time in the desert. Our whole new generation was born in the desert before they started actually fighting and battling to remove other populations from that land. Um, and they just started battling, battling, battling. So now in the book of Deuteronomy, they've had victory, praise Jesus. So Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers is all about the battle and the journey. <laughs> now in the book of Deuteronomy, they're about to enter the promised land. So this is the mindset that they're in. Oh my gosh, we're about to finally step into this possession that God has promised us. And for those of us on our purpose journey, it's kind of like, when we've been battling and going hard to step into our God-given purpose, and then we're right about to get there, whoo, sis, it's that feeling of victory that you can't get anywhere else. Now, a lot of scholars think that the book of Deuteronomy is written 
like around the 7th century BC. Um, so I was actually really surprised at that because I thought it was written a lot earlier. And they think it was written by the Levites. And if you remember, the Levites are the priests. Um, they're the ones who are to take care of the temple. Um, they're basically the ones who were supposed to provide for us that they can actually be the ministers of Christ. Um, so that's who the Levites are. So they would be the ones to have, you know, documented what Moses was saying in his sermons and things like that. So with all that being said, let's dive into the book of Deuteronomy chapter one and two. We're reading the message translation and it begins. These are the sermons Moses preached to all Israel when they were east of the Jordan River in the Arabah wilderness opposite Soup in the vicinity of Paran, Tophel, Laban, Hazareth, and Dezahab. It takes 11 days to travel from Horeb to Kadesh Barina following the Mount Sur route. Verse 3, it was on the first day of the 11th month of the 40th year when Moses addressed the people of Israel telling them everything God had commanded him concerning them. This came after he had defeated Sihon, king of the Amorites, who ruled from Heshbon, and Og, and Og king of Bashan, who ruled from Asherath in Edri. It was the east of the Jordan in the land of Moab that Moses set out to explain this revelation. Verse 5, he said, Back at Horeb, God our God spoke to us. You've stayed long enough at this mountain. On your way now, get moving. Head from the Amorite hills, wherever people are living in the Arabah, the mountains, the foothills, the Negev, the seashore, the Canaanite country, and the Lebanon, all the way to the big river, the Euphrates. Look, I've given you this land. Now go in and take it. It's the land God promised to give your ancestors Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and their children after them. So right there, I want to pause because for every single one of us who has been ordained and chosen with a God-given purpose, this is for you. God is saying to you, look, I've given you this land. Now go in and take it. It's the land God promised to give your ancestors and their children after them, which is now you because you believe in Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Remember in the book of Romans. Paul says that we, because we believe in Christ, are now the ancestors of Abraham. So this is our promise. Verse 9. At the time I told you, I can't do this. Can't carry you all by myself. God, your God, has multiplied your numbers. Why look at you? You rival the stars in the sky. And may God, the God of your fathers, keep it up and multiply you another thousand times. Bless you just as he promised. But how can I carry all by myself your troubles and burdens and quarrels? So select some wise understanding and seasoned men from your tribes, and I will commission them as your leaders. You answered me, good, a good solution. Verse 15, so I went ahead and took the top men of your tribes, wise and seasons, and made them your leaders, leaders of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens, officials adequate for each of your tribes. At the same time, I gave orders to your judges. Listen carefully to complaints and accusations between your fellow Israelites. Judge fairly between each person and his fellow or foreigner. Don't play favorites. Treat the little and the big alike. Listen carefully to each other. Don't be impressed by big names. This is God's judgment you're dealing with. Hard cases you can bring to me, I'll deal with them. Verse 18. I issued orders to you at that same time regarding everything you would have to deal with. Then we set off from Horeb and headed for the Amorite Hill country, going through that huge and frightening wilderness that you've had more than an eyeful of by now, all under the command of God, our God, and finally arrived at Kadesh Barnea. Then I told you, you've made it to the Amorite Hill country that God, our God, has given us. Look, God, your God, has placed this land as a gift before you. Go ahead and take it now. 
God, the God of your fathers, promised it to you. Don't be afraid. Don't lose heart. And sisters of Christ, I repeat that and say that to you. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 21. Listen, my sister. Look, your God has placed this land as a gift before you. Go ahead and take it now. God, the God of your fathers, promised it to you. Don't be afraid. Don't lose heart. Remember that on your purpose journey. This is your land. Succeeding at your God-given purpose is your land. When we think about land in today's times, that's what it is. Success. <laughs> Living your God-given purpose. Doing what God put you on this earth to do. That is your land. God promised it to you. Don't be afraid. Don't lose heart. Go, go ahead and take it now. That's exactly what that verse says. Go ahead and take it now. This is for us to actually step into our purpose. Verse 22. But then you all came to me and said, let's send some men on ahead to scout out the land for us and bring back a report on the best route to take and the kinds of towns we can expect to find. That seemed like a good idea to me. So I picked 12 men, one from each tribe. They set out climbing through the hills. They came to the Eshkol Valley and looked it over. They took samples of the produce of the land and brought them back to us saying, it's a good land that God our God is giving us. Mm. Verse 26. But then you weren't willing to go up. You rebelled against God, your God's plain word. You complained in your tents. God hates us. He hauled us out of Egypt in order to dump us among the Amorites. A death, a death sentence for sure. How can we go up? We're trapped in a dead end. Our brothers took all the wind out of our sails, telling us the people are bigger and stronger than we are. Their cities are huge. They're defensive, massive. We even see Anakite giants there. So what, what Moses is saying here, he's explaining what happened when the first generation of Israelites got to the promised land. Because remember, if you've read the book of Exodus, you've read how the Lord took these people out of Egypt doing miracles. He then fed them every single morning in the desert with manna. Like in the desert, he fed them. So these people saw the Lord come through. But when it came time to actually go into the promised land, they talked themselves out of their blessing. They complained. They were afraid. And even though God told them to go, <laughs> they decided they wasn't going to go. So this is the story Moses is telling here. He's basically recounting what happened with that first generation of Israelites. So verse 29. Moses says, I tried to relieve your fears. Don't be terrified of them. God, your God, is leading the way. He's fighting for you. You saw with your own eyes what he did for you in Egypt. You saw what he did in the wilderness. How God, your God, carried you as a father carries his child. Carried you the whole way until you arrived here. But now that you're here, you won't trust God. You are God. This same God who goes ahead of you in your travels to scout out a place to pitch camp, a fire by night, and a cloud by day to show you the way to go. And sisters, when we look at our own selves, we can relate, right? I never blame the Israelites because I can relate to this myself. When the Lord has come through for me over and over and over again, but when it's time for me to trust God on the next step, I get scared. I start doubting myself. I start complaining that it's too hard. I take steps back. I don't move forward. It's the same thing that the Israelites do. And I know a lot of us can relate to this. Even though God has come through for us over and over again, for some reason, we hesitate to take the next step on our purpose journey. Please know, though, it is not your fault. It is literally the enemy trying to steal, kill, and destroy your dream, like it says in John 10, 10. So let's read what happens now. next, verse 34. When God heard what you said, he exploded in anger. He swore not a single person of this evil generation is going to get so much as a look at the good land that I promised to give your parents. Not one, except for Caleb, son of Jephunneh, he'll see it. 
I'll give him and his descendants the land he walked on because he was all for following God, heart and soul. So if you remember um, when Moses sent the scouts out into the land, Caleb and Joshua were part of the 10 that went in and they both came back and they're like, nah, we can do this. We can do this. It was the other eight who was saying, nah, we can't do this. We can't do this. So God is saying he's rewarding Caleb because Caleb, even though his, his peers were all saying, no, you can't do this. You can't do this. He knew what God could do. He trusted what God was going to do for them. And because of that, he was rewarded. So for you, even if people in your life are telling you, you can't step into your purpose, you can't achieve your destiny, you can't succeed at that because you don't have this resource or that talent or this expertise, it doesn't matter what other people say. You have the responsibility to trust God for what he destined for your life. It's yours and yours alone. Don't expect other people in your life to believe in your destiny for you, sis. <laughs> and for me, the same thing. I can't expect other people in my life to have the confidence in my legacy for me. I need to put my eyes on God, remember what he's already done for me, know that he will never let me down, he will never leave me or forsake me. There is nothing that can separate me from the love of Christ and just keep moving forward in what God created me to do. So verse 41. Oh, no, sorry. Verse 37. But I also got it because of you. God's anger spilled over onto me. He said, you aren't getting in either. <laughs> That's what God said to Moses. You aren't getting in either. Your assistant, Joshua, son of Nun, will go in, build up his courage. He's the one who will claim the inheritance for Israel and your babies of whom you said they'll be grabbed for plunder. And all these little kids who right now don't even know right from wrong, they'll get it. I'll give it to them. Yes, they'll be the new owners, but not you. Turn around and head back into the wilderness following the route to the Red Sea. Whew, that moment right there is so heartbreaking because they were literally on the edge of their promise. But because of their disbelief, their doubt, their complaining, God said, nope, not you. It's going to be your children who get the promise. And I want to make sure in my life that don't happen. <laughs> what God has for me, I want to step in and receive it. So I need to make sure that I'm careful with the words that I say out loud when it comes to God's purpose for my life. And it was actually my husband who was a huge part of me not talking badly about my purpose anymore because I used to have so much fear and self-doubt on this journey. I used to talk so badly to myself and it was my husband who helped me to see that every single time I complained about my purpose, my destiny, my abilities, I was throwing it in God's face, just like the Israelites did here. So I don't want to talk myself out of my blessings. So now, even when I have some fear and self-doubt, I don't articulate it. I don't say it out loud because I want to make sure I don't sin against God and talk against this blessing he gave me. All right, sis, thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Let's pause for a moment for today's sponsor. Verse 41. So the Israelites realize this too. Verse 41. Listen to this. <laughs> it says, you spoke up. We've sinned against God. We'll go up and fight following all the orders that God our God has commanded. You took your weapons and dressed for battle. You thought it would be so easy going into these hills. Verse 42. But God told me, tell them, don't do it. Don't go up to fight. I'm not with you in this. Your enemies will waste you. <laughs> Verse 43. I told you, but you wouldn't listen. You rebelled at the plain word of God. You threw out your chest and strutted into the hills. And those Amorites who had lived in those hills all their lives swarmed all over you like a hive of bees, chasing you from Seir all the way to Hormah, a stinging defeat. You came back and wept in the presence of God, but he didn't pay a bit of attention to you. God didn't give you the time of day. You stayed there in Kadesh a long time, about as long as you had stayed there earlier. 
So Deuteronomy chapter 2. Then we turned around and went back into the wilderness, following the route to the Red Sea as God had instructed me. We worked our way in and around the hills of Seir for a long, long time. And if you read the scriptures, it was about 40 years that the Israelites wandered through the desert, just waiting to die off, basically, so that the second generation could go in. Verse 2, then God said, you've been going around in circles in these hills long enough, go north. Command the people, you're about to cut through the land belonging to your relatives, the people of Esau who settled in Seir. They are terrified of you, but restrain yourselves. Don't try and start a fight. I'm not giving you so much as a square inch of their land. I've already given all the hill country of Seir to Esau. He owns it. Pay them up front from any food or water you get from them. And if you girls remember, Esau was the brother of Isaac or Jacob? Um, I think it was Jacob. So what happened was <laughs> Jacob took Esau's blessing, but the Lord still allowed Esau to have his land and have his inheritance because he was the firstborn, which is so beautiful of Isaac. Verse seven, God, your God has blessed you in everything you have done. He has guarded you on your travels through this immersed wilderness for 40 years now. God, your God has been right here with you. You haven't lacked one thing. And sister of Christ, I say that to you as well. God, your God, has blessed you in everything you have done. He has guarded you in your travel, sis, through this immersed purpose journey. And for all the years of your life, God, your God, has been right here with you, and you haven't lacked one thing. Say that to yourself every single time that you fear a lack when it comes to your purpose journey. The Lord has come through for you every single time. The Lord has come through for me every single time. There has never been a time I needed something and it did not come through. Maybe it didn't come through on my timing. Maybe it didn't come through the way that I expected it. But the Lord has come through each and every time. And that's what we need to remember as we step forward on this purpose journey. Verse 8. Moses is continuing the story. So we detoured around our brothers, the people of Esau who live in Seir, avoiding the Arabah road that comes up from Elath and Ezion Gerber. Instead, we used the road through the wilderness of Moab. God told me, and don't try to pick a fight with the Moabites. I'm not giving you any of their land. <laughs> I've given ownership of R to the people of Lot. So for those of you girls who remember, Lot was also another amazing man of God in the Bible. He's the one um, who, when the angels came to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot was the one who was like, nah, nah, y'all don't try to sin against these angels, guys. Like, these aren't the ones to mess with. <laughs> and so the Lord spared Lot and allowed him to take his family out and then literally destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. And Lot's wife was the one who looked back and became a pillar of salt. That's Lot. So the Lord is even taking care of Lot's descendants as well. So remember, the promise that God gave you is your promise, and it's going to continue on to your grandchildren's grandchildren, sis, as long as you are obedient now. That is the part that we have to remember. Lot, Isaac, Abraham were obedient in what God was asking them to do. They said yes to their purpose. And because they said yes, those blessings now came down to generation after generation after generation. So for me, as I'm stepping into my God-given purpose and things get hard and things get difficult, I'm always thinking about what is the legacy? What is the destiny? What is God having for me to pass on to my children's children? So verse 10, the Amorites, monsters, used to live there, mobs of hulking giants like Anakites. Along with the Anakites, they were lumped in with the Rephrites, ghosts. But in Moab, they were called Emites. Horites also used to live in Seir, but the descendants of Esau took over and destroyed them, the same as Israel did in the land God gave them to possess. Verse 13, God said, 
It's time now to cross the brook Zered. So we cross the brook Zered. It took us 38 years to get from Kadesh Barnea to the brook Zered. That's how long it took for the entire generation of soldiers from the camp to die off, as God had sworn they would. <laughs> God was relentless against them until the last one was gone from the camp. God don't play games, sis. He don't play games. Verse 16. When the last of these soldiers had died, God said to me, this is the day you cut across the territory of Moab at Ar. When you approach the people of Ammon, don't try and pick a fight with them because I'm not giving you any of the land of the people of Ammon for yourselves. I've already given it to the people of Lot. It is also considered to have once been the land of the Rephites. Rephites lived there long ago. The Ammonites called them Zamanites, huge mobs of them, giants like the Anakites. God destroyed them and the Ammonites moved in and took over. It was the same with the people of Esau who lived in Seir. God God got rid of the Horites who lived there earlier, and they moved in and took over, as you can see. Regarding the Aviites, who lived in villages as far as Geza, the Kafirites who came from Kafator, Crete, wiped them out and moved in. Verse 24. On your feet now. Get started. Cross the book Arnon. Look, here's Sihon the Amorite king of Hezbon in his land. I'm handing it over to you. It's all yours. Go ahead. Take it. Go to war with him. Before the day is out, I'll make sure that all the people around here are thoroughly terrified. Rumors of you are going to spread like wildfire. They'll totally panic. And here's what God does, sis. Here is what God does. When you are ready to step into your God-given purpose, when you say, yes, Lord, I believe you're going to do what you said you're going to do, when you take action and give God something to bless, here's what he now does. Listen to what this says, verse 25. Rumors of you are going to spread like wildfire. They'll totally panic. You know what that means? God's going to go before you. God's going to prepare the way for you. God's going to make sure that the hearts of the people who are destined to help you on your purpose journey, to make sure you step into your promised land, he's going to prepare their hearts so that they can receive the actions you take the way God purposed you to take them. That's what God's going to do. He will go before you. Because those people were already terrified, when the Israelite soldiers got to them, they would run. They packed up all the stuff. They was running. <laughs> they was fleeing. They was out. Because God will always bless the work that you put in. But you have to give him something to bless. I have to give him something to bless. There's no surprises on this purpose journey. There's no crossing our fingers and saying, I hope, I wish, maybe, someday, we have to go give, in concrete terms, action for God to bless. We have to give him something to bless. It is because they started fighting that God went before them. So, sister of Christ, on this purpose journey, take action on what God gave you to do. Take that first step. Start walking towards your promised land. Start walking towards your legacy and your destiny. Because when you do, you now give God permission to go before you and do what he does best which is stay true to his promises and give you exactly what he said he was going to give you. Verse 26, from the wilderness of Kedemath, I sent messengers to Sihon, king of Hezbon. They carried a friendly message. Let me cross through your land on the highway. I'll stay right on the highway. I won't trespass right or left. I'll pay you for any food or water we might need. Let me walk through. The people of Esau who lived in Sarah and the Moahites who lived in Ar did this helping me on my way until I can cross the Jordan into the land that God our God has given us. But Sihon, king of Hezbon, wouldn't let us cross his land. 
God, your God, turned his spirit mean and his heart hard so he can hand him over to you, as you can see that he has done. You see that, sisters? The Lord always prepares the way for you when you're giving him something to bless. Verse 31, then God said to me, look, I've got the ball rolling. Sihon and his land are soon yours. Go ahead, take it. It's practically yours. Sister of Christ, go ahead, take it. This land is yours. God already has the ball rolling. You just need to step in and take it. Verse 32. So Sihon and his entire army confronted us in the battle of Jahaz. God handed him his sons and his entire army over to us and we utterly crushed them. While we were at it, we captured all his towns and totally destroyed them. A holy destruction. Men, women, and children. No survivors. Who sis, no survivors. On your purpose during the ain't gonna be no survivors. <laughs> we took the livestock and the plunder from the towns we had captured and carried them off for ourselves. From error on the edge of the brook Arnon and the town in the gorge, as far as Gilead, not a single town proved too much for us. God, our God, gave every last one of them to us. Sister of Christ, from the east to the west, from the north to the south, nothing is going to prove too much for you. God, your God, gives you every single inch of that land. Every single inch is yours. Verse 37, the only land you didn't take, obeying God's command, was the land of the people of Ammon, the land along the Jabbok and around the cities in the hills. Woo! Woo! That's Deuteronomy chapters 1 and 2. I feel so uplifted to step into my God-given purpose today, <laughs> sister of Christ. If you don't yet know what your God-given purpose is, it's time. It's time. This is your season. This is your destiny. This is your legacy. And what's so amazing about purpose is it's not just for you. God wants you to live a life and live life in full, like he says in John 10, 10. He absolutely wants that for you. But he also wants to make sure every single person on this earth is able to know him and know his goodness and know his love and know his grace and most importantly, have salvation. That's what your purpose is meant to do. Your purpose is the way God wants you to share the gospel of Christ in this world. That's what your purpose is. That's why there are football players who are Christians who are declaring the gospel of Christ in the football field. That's why there are nurses like my mama who was declaring the gospel of Christ to our patients. That's why there are filmmakers like me who declare the gospel of Christ in my movies. That's why you are here. The way God purposed you to share the gospel of Christ is the battleground he gave you. So your purpose journey is to bless you so you have life in full, yes, but it's also so that other people can receive salvation in Christ. So don't put it off, not even one more second. Step into what God has for you, the promised land that he gave you so you can live your life in full. If you don't yet know what your God-given purpose is, you don't yet know the way God wants you to share his gospel on the earth, I have something for you called the free Find Your Purpose Toolkit. It'll help you discover what God put you on this earth to do step by step. You can get it for free by going to PurposeGift.com. That's PurposeGift.com. And Sister of Christ, if you're like, well, Stephanie, that sounds amazing. Purpose sounds amazing. But actually, I'm not even sure if I'm a Christian. Being a Christian is what it says in John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And what that means is being a Christian is trusting in Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. So if you want to make that decision today, it's very, very simple. All you got to do is repeat these words with me. And you say, dear Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins. 
I believe that she rose again. Today, I believe in you as my personal Lord and Savior. Sister of Christ, if you said that prayer, welcome to the kingdom. Angels are literally celebrating you right now. Your name has been written in the book of life. Nobody can take it out. Get into a Bible-based church in your area and get started getting to know how good God is in his word. He loves you so very much. He adores you. He wants the best for you. Sisters of Christ, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you and give you complete and total purpose over your body, mind, and soul in the name of Jesus and give you peace, mercy, and favor forever and ever. Amen. So that's it for today's episode of the God Would Girl Live Your Purpose as a Christian Entrepreneur Bible Study. Have any questions? DM me anytime on Instagram or send an email to hello at godwoodgirl.com. I'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to grab my free Find Your Purpose Toolkit to help you get started living God's purpose for your life at purposegift.com. Thanks for listening, Godwood Girl. I'll see you on the next one.